What's going on, health runners? In this video, I want to walk you through four lies, four lies that health professionals have been sold and they're not serving you. Welcome to the Health Runner Show. My name is Uriel Kim. If you're a health practitioner or coach looking to build a successful virtual health practice that allows you to help more people, make a lot more money, and enjoy a greater quality of life in the process, then this is the podcast for you to listen to. Let's dive in. All right, what's going on, guys? Uriel came here, CEO and founder of Healthpreneur. We help health professionals get clients and scale their businesses online without the grind. So I want to share four things that I've seen over the years, I think, holds a lot of health professionals back. And maybe one or more of these, you know, is currently in your paradigm, and I want to help debunk them. So let's dive right in. First and foremost is that there's a belief that one-on-one care is the best way to help your clients. Now, that may be true in certain cases, right? If you're a massage therapist, there's really no other alternative, right? You can't massage two people at the same time. If you're a knowledge worker, which most of us are, even if you're a massage therapist, physiotherapist, chiropractor, hands-on, you still have a lot of stuff up here. And if you've seen any any of my other videos, you've, you've probably heard me talk about this idea of getting paid for what you know, not what you do. One-on-one is the best way to help people if that's the only way you know how to help people. But could it be possible that there are other ways of creating better transformations for your clients? I'm here to tell you that there is. Because the reality is that we all want committed clients. And again, I'm speaking specifically in the context of a coaching business, not person lays on your table and gets adjusted, okay? We all want clients that are more committed. Who wouldn't want that, right? It's a dream. They do the work, they get better results. So if we want committed clients, well, what does that mean? It means that if a client's committed, they show up, they do the work, they get better results, even outside of your presence. And when you can create a vehicle that empowers your clients to do that instead of relying on you every step of the way, It's better for your clients and it's better for you. So if you have the belief that one-on-one is the best way to do things, I'm going to challenge that. And if you are someone who's open-minded to the possible opportunity, which is, well, maybe there's a way to help one to 50 people instead of one-on-one. Because the biggest challenge in the healthcare, wellness, fitness space is the very model literally kills us. Like it burns us out. It's the number one complaint. I'm burnt out. I was actually speaking to someone this morning. I can only take on 10 clients at a time. I was like, why? She's like, because I can't take on any more. I'm like, why? She's like, I'm in, you know, 50. I worked too hard the last couple of years. I can't burn myself out. I'm like, that's the problem is the very model, the very vehicle you're driving doesn't allow you to go faster. And that's a major, major roadblock. And then we use excuses like, well, that's, Like, I want to keep it small and intimate and provide a lot of care for my clients. That's a bullshit excuse. Like, obviously, we want to take care of our clients, but we use that as a cop-out because we don't know a better way. And I have a lot of other videos on the channel that talk about the dream come true system, the 3C coaching model. Listen, this is something we work with our clients on all the time. And I'm not saying you have to give up one-on-one. If you want to do that, that's great. But just understand there's a ceiling. There's a capacity ceiling, as I've talked about many times before where your capacity is limited by your time. And when you get to that point, your your revenue is capped and the number of people you can help 
is capped. So you hit this point, which I call the capacity ceiling, and it can't be moved unless you find out a way, figure out a way to help more people at the same time and create more leverage for you and your business. So listen, I mean, this is something that we do with our clients all the time. And it just like you just have to think outside the box, right? A lot of delivery issues are innovation issues. That's all they are. That's all it is. And if you want your marketing to improve, you have to clean up the bottlenecks on the back end in terms of delivery. Because if your delivery is maxed to 10 people, there's no sense in even marketing because you can't even fill the pipeline because you can't, you can't take on more clients because the delivery is broken. Make sense? So that's the first piece. Uh, the first lie is that one-on-one care is the best way to help people, which in my experience, it's not. Um, you know, and, and let me put it this way. So if someone asks me, or if I'm in a conversation with someone, they're saying, well, like, I, I, really, like, I really want to have more one-on-one coaching. I'll be like, okay, cool, that's fair enough. Let me ask you a question. If I, had a, if I had this magic capability to press a button on your forehead and instantaneously you get the results you want, or option number two is we can jump on the phone once a week and talk for an hour, which one would you rather have? And most people would say like, yeah, like I'd rather just have the button on my head that you can press and I'll get the results. It's like, cool, exactly. Well, unfortunately, I don't have those magical powers, but what you're telling me is that the outcome is more important than spending time with me in a one-on-one setting once a week. And this is the thing you have to recognize is that one-on-one, your time cannot be the same or equated to the results. How much time someone spends with you and the results they get are mutually exclusive, at least they should be. And if you think you're being less of less service to your clients, that's a mindset, that's a limiting belief. You just don't know how to do it properly yet. And that's okay, right? Because I didn't know how to walk when I was one, but now I can, and so can you. Everything is learnable. Okay, let's talk about the second lie. This one, again, spending an hour or more in person or even virtually with a client produces better outcomes. So we have a client, when she first started working with us, I was asking her, like, what does your onboarding process look like? Like, when you bring a client on, what's the first thing you do with them? She's a naturopathic doctor, and she said, we do a three-hour intake. I was like, three hours? Are you crazy? What are you doing for three hours? Just think about that. And it like hour and a half, hour, two hours, three hours. Guys, it's insane. Like unless you like fundamentally want to be a martyr in the service of other people, like this, this, this kind of stuff is not helping. And, and please let me just reiterate that I am a health professional, like from the get go 20 years ago, I started off as a nutritionist and trainer. And I like, I spent more than a, you know, 13 years, 14, 15 years doing that. So I'm not talking from like some armchair position. Like I was in the trenches doing this stuff. I get it. And I look at even on the receiving end as a patient, you know, going to a clinic or whatever. And I see how these businesses operate. I'm like, man, this is just a disaster. So imagine this. You have a client comes in three hours initial intake. Like what are you doing in three hours that you can't do in one? And if you're taking an hour, what are you doing in one hour that maybe, maybe, could be done in 30. So listen, like there is a massive, massive importance in your onboarding meeting call with a new client. It's one of the most important things you're going to do in your business. But outside of that, do you really have to have a call with them every week, every two weeks, every month? 
And the beautiful thing about these questions is that, as I just mentioned a moment ago, delivery issues are innovation issues. It's simply a matter of thinking differently and asking different questions. So here's a question that I put out to my clients to get them thinking differently. What would have to be true for the delivery I'm creating, so the coaching program or the service I'm creating, what would have to be true for that to create or help my clients create the outcomes they're paying me for, even if I never spoke with them? Just think about that for a second. Just think about what that, just like allow that question, like write it down and just let it simmer. Go for a walk, think about it in the morning when you get up, meditate on that. That single question could change your business because it's not about, so I don't know if you can see behind me, there's a book there, right? Mind Loss. I've written five books, three of them published, New York Times bestseller, blah, blah, blah. That book is $27.99. I mean, the, at least the New York Times bestselling one. Um, is it transforming someone's life? Probably not, to be honest. I mean, I've never met my readers in person, nor have I worked with them closely. So what could I do that would ensure their success, even if I never spoke with them? Is it writing a book? No. Because let's, let's, let's be honest, guys. No one's doing anything with a book, Right? We might do it temporarily, but there's no skin in the game. We're not going to read a couple of chapters and change our life. Some of us might, you know, have a little bit of an epiphany and be like, that book was amazing. But for the most part, you get what you pay for, okay? Now, if I took the concepts in that book, which I very well could, and turned that into a high-end transformation type of coaching program, and instead of charging $27, I charge $2,700, add two zeros to it. All of a sudden, what could I do to help my clients achieve unbelievable outcomes with the same concept, even if I never spoke with them? It's not that I don't want to. It's the thinking exercise of what could I create? So if I were to walk someone through a curriculum, what would that look like so they could really go through it on their own if they had to, knowing full well that no one's going to do anything with a course by themselves, but the exercise of the thinking around this is what would that look like? What could I provide for them? How can I make their life a little bit easier? How can I accelerate or time compress where, they're, where they are to where they want to go? These are all very important questions that we need to ask. And it's the, the, the failure to ask these questions that keep us so short and narrow-minded in terms of what we think is possible. Oh, there's no way I could do that. Well, there are other people who are doing it, like our client Ryan, who's enrolling 1,200 clients a month at $7,000 each. That's more clients than most people will enroll in a decade. How are they delivering outcomes on the back end? They've figured things out with our help, right? So that's the second thing um, is that spending an hour or more in person or virtually with a client does not produce better outcomes. You need to figure out ways to be able to articulate your value, help someone walk through the process in a much more streamlined and efficient way. And trust me, you have to dissociate your time from their outcomes. That is the biggest thing crippling the healthcare industry right now. Okay, number three, the third lie that health professionals have been sold is that virtual is a fad that won't last. Okay, if you're on team brick and mortar, that's okay. That's the way it is. But you have to understand that 
you've bought yourself a job for the rest of your life. That's okay. Okay, just just be aware of that. And I should step back and say, if you are the technician in the business, so if you have a brick and mortar practice and you're like you have other practitioners and you're actually like the the owner of the business as opposed to like seeing patients all day and clients all day, it's a different story. But for most people, you're doing the work, right? You're in the clinic doing the work and you can't escape. You can't take a week off. We had a conversation with a couple a little while ago and, you know, we just started asking them some questions, you know, like, what's your revenue at? You know, they're at like 2K a month. Like, cool. Is there anything else you're doing? No, like we're all in on this. Okay. What's your game plan? Well, we're working with the guy who's helping us with some organic posting on Instagram. Like, okay. Anyways, so where am I going with this? Um, I'm not even sure where that, that came from, but let's just come back on track. So here's the thing is that virtual care is not a fad. It's not a fad. 67% of practitioners that were surveyed in 2021, according to McKinsey and Company Research, which is big, one of the biggest consulting firms in the world, 67% of them favor virtual care moving forward. Around the same number of their patients also preferred virtual care moving forward. I was just talking to my wife earlier. We went for a walk. I was like, you know, I got to set up this thing at the bank for some wire transfers. I'm like, I don't even want to go to the branch. Why, why, why do I need to go to the branch when I could click a couple buttons from my computer? Speed and convenience are the most, the two biggest drivers. Like if you think of Netflix, if you think of Uber Eats, if you think of anything like push a button delivered to you, speed and convenience are very, very powerful drivers of human behavior. So what virtual care allows us to provide is that speed and convenience for our clients. Why should someone go out of their way, sit in traffic, sit in a waiting room, be delayed. I was supposed to be here at nine. Uh, it's 9.30. I'm still waiting. That, that stuff is like archaic. It's ridiculous. Now, if you're, again, getting paid for what you know, not what you do with your hands, all of a sudden the possibilities are endless. Like think of this. You went to school for four, six, eight, ten 10 years. You have knowledge that is beyond most people's wildest imaginations. Do you think that you could be able to maybe articulate some of that into a very simple curriculum that clients could follow without your presence? And that you can, on top of that, support them with coaching and accountability and provide a community where they'd be surrounded by other like-minded individuals on the same journey. That's what it's all about, right? I'm not talking about telehealth. Telehealth is not the solution. Telehealth is the same thing as you're doing in the clinic online. So the only thing telehealth gives you is location independence. But if you're doing three-hour Zoom calls, it's the same thing as if you're doing three-hour in-person sessions. Virtual care is not going anywhere. $16.7 billion invested in virtual, sorry, digital care in 2020. That's up three, three folds from 2017. Again, according to McKinsey, uh, McKinsey and Company Consulting. That's a lot of money. If you look at where a lot of the money is being spent now, a lot of these big venture capital firms are putting a tremendous amount of money into crypto mining companies because they know that that's where the future is. Follow the money. If people are dumping billions of dollars into digital care, do you think there might be a future there? Don't become, don't be the blockbuster. Don't be the blockbuster on the block. Don't be the Kodak who invented digital photography and then kind of like tucked it under the rug and then went bankrupt. So the number one skill you have to develop as a business owner is the ability to adapt. It's very, very important and, and not get stuck in your ways. You have to understand how to pivot, how to adapt 
to the changing times. And technology is changing so rapidly that if you're not keeping up, you're a dinosaur. Okay, so virtual care is here to stay. You're either on the wave or you're gonna get crushed by its wake. And the fourth lie is that marketing is unethical and isn't needed if you're great at what you do. Listen, we all know a lot of smart people who no one knows about, right? Obscurity is the biggest danger to your business. If no one knows who you are, it doesn't matter if you're the world's smartest, best, whatever. The best product doesn't win. The best known product does. Now, with that said, in the long term, the best product will win because the product, the service, the delivery is the holy grail of everything. If you have an unbelievable solution, your marketing is going to amplify that just incredibly because then what's going to happen is you're going to have a critical mass of clients coming in. They're going to get transformational results and then all of their word of mouth social proof is going to feed your business forever. You could literally turn off your marketing at that point. Not that you have to. But the thing is, if you don't understand marketing, it's the lifeblood of your business. And, and think about this. Like, I don't, I don't understand this. Most health experts ask them, well, okay, what do you want to do with your time? Well, I just want to like, you know, teach my stuff. Guess what marketing is? What I'm doing here, this is marketing. It's teaching stuff. It's sharing beliefs. It's getting people to see the world the way you want them to see the world. So if you're spending all day on social media creating content, you're, you're propagating a very specific narrative. That's marketing. So if you're running ads, it's the same thing, right? And, and the whole idea is to just, if we think of marketing or advertising or whatever, it's, it's basically sales scaled. If we think of sales in a one-on-one fashion, marketing is sales at scale. So for instance, a webinar, my webinar right now, The Perfect Client Pipeline, there are probably hundreds of people watching it. I'm, I'm doing this. That's marketing, right? And it's leverage and it's a system and it's an asset that's producing outcomes even with, without my presence. But if you negate the marketing, the biggest mistake I see in the health industry is I'm just going to get someone else to do it. So I'm just going to work with my, my clients. Well, listen, that's like saying I'm going to delegate my workouts. You can't delegate your workouts. You have to do them. And marketing is one of those things where it's very, very finicky. Your messaging is everything. I spend a lot of time with my clients on a weekly basis talking with them about why stuff is working and why stuff isn't working. Their stuff specifically, their campaigns. And they know, like, it, it's like every single time, all right, guys, I'm going to say the same thing I'll say, like I've said before. It's all about the messaging. Your messaging's off, right? Because for the most part, they're speaking to the right audience, right? Like, they're not selling bikinis to men. They're speaking to the right audience. But the messaging is not landing. That's a marketing issue. If you do not know how to take your ideas and your thoughts as they pertain to your audience and be able to articulate them in a way that moves them to action, you will always be behind the eight ball. And you can't outsource something that important until you've personally mastered the fundamentals. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't outsource things and delegate. You absolutely should. But there are certain things in life that you just have to master. I would say cooking is a good example. Like you have to be able to cook your own food at some point, maybe have a chef do it. But if you only know how to make toast, you're at a massive disadvantage in terms of your health. If you don't know how to put a message in front of people that gets them to take action, you are massively disadvantaged. And again, the great thing about that 
It's, it's 100% learnable. I was the worst at this stuff when I started in 2005, 2006. I was a trainer nutritionist. I was very good at what I did. I was an amazing technician, but I had no clue how to write an email. You know, the subject line was like, April newsletter. Like, so these are things you learn. And as long as you're open-minded to it and not getting so fixated on the fact that, well, I'm a chiropractor, I don't do that stuff, or I'm a naturopath, or I'm a health coach, I don't do that stuff. No, no. You are a business owner. And part of what you do is working with clients. Part of what you do is managing your finances. Part of what you do is building systems. Part of what you do is building a great team and culture. It's honestly, it's a label. Instead of saying like, I am a technician, you have to broaden the horizon and give yourself more permission to be more of who you're capable of becoming. Because if you only consider yourself to be a technician, you will only ever be a technician. And if you're delegating all of your marketing or all of your sales or anything else to outside agencies or outside people, and you haven't fundamentally mastered or not even mastered, you don't understand the fundamentals, you're always at a loss, you're always at a disadvantage. So those are the four lies I believe that health professionals have been sold for way too long. You know, if you've watched my stuff, you know that like I have a little bit different point of view on this stuff. Anyways, hopefully this video has made sense for you. Which of the four lies do you think has been more pervasive in your life? Let me know in the comments below. And remember, I've got tons of videos on each one of these four to help you do the opposite of what we talked about here. So check out the next video coming your way. Thanks so much. Remember to subscribe to the Health Promoter channel while you're here. And I'll see you in the next video. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the Health Promoter Show podcast. And while you're there, I'd really appreciate it if you left a five-star rating or review if you feel it merited that. At the same time, if you'd like to connect with me, the best place to do so is on Instagram. You can find me. I am at Health Printer. And be sure to tune in and subscribe to our YouTube channel on YouTube. Just search Health Printer and you'll find all of our great videos there as well. That's all for today. I appreciate your time and your attention. Keep doing the meaningful work that you are doing. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode.